Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Hoop Jack Podcast Series and a happy Father's Day to all dads out there. Today with me, I have a special guest today, creator of Jay's Sports Talks. We have Jay Preet Uberoy. Am I pronouncing that right? Yes. You pronounced right. my name are correct, but the, uh, what is it? It's Jay Sports Takes. Jay Sports right. Takes. All right. So yeah, it's all good. Don't good, worry about good, it. Good to have you on the show, man. Well, why don't yeah, you tell no, us no. a little bit about yourself? Uh, my name is Jay Preet. Um, I am, I actually turned 18 a few weeks ago. Uh, I, I started a podcast just because I love talking about sports in general. I think it's like my getaway time. And so... Yeah, I'm a big sports fan. I've been watching um, basketball since I was like six years old. You know what I mean? So I've, I've, I've remembered like not a lot of people like in my age group remember the 2010 finals like that well. I remember the 2010 finals from like Game Seven until. Oh, that was great. Yeah, it was a crazy finals, but yeah. Well, it's good to have you on the show, taking the time mm-hmm. from your schedule to be on the show, um, and we're gonna we have some great topics today, folks, going into. The NBA with the, the remaining Eastern Conference games, as well as Game One of the Western Conference, as well as coaching carousel. So many different coaches losing their jobs, and so many teams looking for a new head coach, and a lot of interesting picks throughout there, and kind of some interesting brain buster kind of questions. But we're going to jump right into it, starting with last night's Game Seven: Bucks Nets. KD foot on the line hide the game that was now, crazy his <laughs> i know every bucks fan i don't know if you've ever seen the movie um grown-ups where in the beginning or in the beginning of the movie they had the kids are playing that basketball game and the kid at the end said his foot was on the line oh my yeah That's I, I haven't seen it, every like, bucks I get, I get fan was feeling after katie made that shot his yeah. foot was on the line but it went to overtime bucks pull it pull it away they make it to the Eastern Conference Finals for the first time since 2019, where they ended up losing to the Raptors, who would go on to win it. Now, with the Bucks claiming that title, are they now a solid, you know, above 50% chance to win the title? Or do we see, is it going to be close? Because we still have uh, Philly and Atlanta later on tonight. Mm-hmm. I think it's two factors. One of them is health. If everyone's healthy and all that, um, the Bucks have a really good like. If if all teams are healthy, I think Bucks have the best chance. And then seconds matchups, I th- like if we compare, let's say it's the 76ers Bucks, right? I think that 76 or the Bucks will have more of a time um, having trouble going against the Sixers than they do against the Hawks personally. So it literally just depends on the matchup. But yeah, if it's between those three teams of who's going to go to the finals, like who has more chance of going to the finals, I say it's going to be the Bucks. Yeah. But I, if they go, go, keep going. No, yeah. yeah. I find it interesting that um, if Chris Middleton can play the way that he's playing, if, if Giannis can start playing tougher, both offensively and defensively, they're going to be tough to stop. But if mm-hmm. they kind of play the way that they have, and granted, Philly's coming back, and they still Seth Curry's been playing amazingly these last two games. But Trey Young, Clint Capella, Bogdanovich, that's going to be tough to stop uh, if Atlanta wins. But we'll have to see how uh, Game Seven goes for that. But Bucks Nation celebrating uh, 
trip to the Eastern Conference Finals, their second in the last three years. And, you know, it's it's tough for KD because, you know, Kyrie got hurt. James Harden is tough shooting. KD had to do it all by himself game seven. He had like the most points scored in a game seven uh, ever. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we'll just have to see what the future holds for the Nets organization. But segueing still to the East, we have 76ers and Hawks playing 8 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Game seven, winner plays the Bucks in the Eastern Conference Finals. Who do you got? Between uh, 76ers Hawks, man, I as much it, Sixers and uh, Bucks would be more of an entertaining series, but or sorry, it would be more of like um, it's like more of unpredictable. How do I say the word? Like it's more unpredictable whether to decide between the 76ers or Bucks. But if the Hawks uh, go into the conference finals, it'll be more entertaining just because Trey Young's embracing that villain role. But if we're just talking about this game, it's it's so hard, man. Sixers have home uh, have home court. But I feel like, look, Hawks have been on fire recently. And if they, if Trey Young just does his thing and just, um, just gets Ben Simmons to the free throw line always, then I think Hawks can pull it off. But that's if they do everything right, meaning the whole team has to play good. Trey Young has to do his thing. And they just got to get Ben Simmons to the free throw line towards the end of the games. Right, and they're playing in Philly, so that's going to be a tough crowd for Trey Young, Clint Capella, and all those guys to handle. But it's not mm-hmm. like they haven't handled it before. Um, you make a good point. I think if Atlanta can get Ben Simmons to the line, that's going to be you know how they can win. But if you don't stop Embiid, if you don't stop Curry, that's going to be trouble as well because they've been dominating. Embiid's almost averaged a double double in the series, and Steph and Seth Curry. I said Steph. Seth Curry has been torching it up from behind the arc. So I think it's going to be close. I have Philly by under 10, but that's only because it's game seven. That you throw mm-hmm. everything away in game seven because all the plans are crunched up. You can't think about anything. It's it's win or go home. Mm-hmm. So I got I got oh, Philly. I got mm-hmm. Philly by 10 or less. All right, I don't blame you for saying that. I, I was about to say a way for Philadelphia to win this game is to really just stop Trey Young. If you stop Trey Young, you stop the whole team. You know what I mean? You got a uh, all defensive first team uh, de- defender in Ben Simmons. If Ben Simmons does his job in stopping Trey Young, which I mean in the series he's off and on um, throughout the whole series. If he if he does it, I think the Hawks can definitely win. You know what I mean? I see both ways, but. It's going to be a tough series. It's going to be really fun to watch as well. And yeah, very unpredictable, to be honest. Yeah. So we'll just have to see how that goes. And winner does play um, Milwaukee for the Eastern Conference Finals for a spot in the finals. Going now to the West, game one tonight. Philly wins it 120 to 114. They keep home court advantage alive alive and don't give one away to the Clippers uh Phoenix their first appearance in the Western Conference Finals since 2010 versus the Lakers and the Clippers this is their first appearance in franchise history so do they do you think the Clippers without Kawhi the first two games and Kawhi is out games one and two so he wasn't playing today and he's not playing on Tuesday 
is mm-hmm. and with Chris Paul out today, they managed to hold it down. Can Philly keep the momentum going, or is LA going to try to do something else? Because the Clippers, Paul George had 34 points, but the starting lineup only two of the five starters were in double digit scoring versus all five starters of Phoenix scored in the double digits, and Devin Booker with the double or the triple double. Um, in my opinion. I think Phoenix can take advantage of this and ride the momentum high. I feel like they might take both at home and possibly steal one from LA if Kawhi is not back by game three, mm-hmm. in my opinion. But what do you think? All right. So I saw, I couldn't watch the whole game, fortunately, because I had a, uh, you know, it's Father's Day, obviously, right? While yes. we're recording this, I watched, I managed to watch um, eight minutes of the fourth quarter. It seemed like for quite a bit, the Clippers weren't hitting their shots until towards the end when they were um, down by two. And then Rondo kind of sold that, um, kind of sold uh, at the end when he just let Devin Booker go into the rim. Yeah. But uh, look, if it takes Devin Booker 40 points, uh, pretty much triple double, it takes uh, Devin Booker 40 points, 13 rebounds, and 11 assists to, uh, to win against the Clippers by six. You know, I think it's more of a toss up if Chris Paul and uh, Kawhi are not, um, are not playing. You know what I mean? Still, look, uh, I don't want to take away anything from Paul George. I think Paul George um, still had a pretty good game with 34 points. And Reggie Jackson, also, he went off in the third quarter. I saw a little bit of the third quarter as well. He had like eight points when I was watching in the third quarter, which wasn't that bad. And so, like I said, it's more of a toss-up because, you know, Devin Booker, as, as much as good as a shooting guard he is, I don't think he's going to be dropping 40 every game. You no, know what I, mean? There's gonna be, I don't yeah. think he will either, but I think the fact that they did not have Chris Paul in there, it, he had to take on more of the workload, dishing out the assists, grabbing the rebounds, and scoring the points because they missed Chris Paul's court vision. They needed him for the assists. Paul has made a lot of amazing mid-range shots that you know, mm-hmm. are taken away from the game because everything's now threes and dunks, mainly mm-hmm. threes. But I think Chris Paul brought in a, you know, a, an advantage that if he were to play, the Suns would have easily won by 15 points. Oh, for but sure. Because he wasn't there. And I, it, it, it was never a 10 point difference at, throughout the entire game. It was close. It was by two, by six, by eight. It wasn't like a runaway until like the end of the fourth. Mm-hmm. And because you couldn't tell which team was going to take that advantage because both teams were just neck and neck. And I think Phoenix finally t- grabbing the win. And it Paul George could, can't do it by himself because yeah, it, he's not just the one-man team out there. And it kind of stinks to have that for him because he's not relying on Batum. He's not relying on Terrence Mann. He's not relying on Mark Marcus Morris Sr. Combined points, they only had 20 between the three of them. Between Batum, Morris Sr., and Mann, it was a combined 20 points. That's terrible. Mm-hmm. Even though yeah. Mann, even though Mann was 3 of 4, Marcus Morris was 0 for 5 from 3. 3 mm-hmm. of 11 from the field. And the only other double digit besides Paul George and Reggie Jackson was DeMarcus Cousins. He had 11. Yeah. But I think you can't have that if you want to have a championship team. You need at least all five starters within 10 points. 
at no, least sure. 10 points because otherwise you're going to struggle trying to carry the team by himself. So I think Paul George needs to find a way to get everyone else involved and everyone else into it. Otherwise, it's going to be a short series. Yeah. No, and Phoenix it, is going to go to the finals. Yeah. If, oh, hold on, I'm about to, oh, yeah, I was about to sneeze. So <laughs> if, yeah. if the Clippers, right? Yeah, it's the same thing when it comes to what I said about Devin Booker to Paul George. I don't think he's going to be dropping, like, he's going to be going crazy like that. Yeah. Um, and throughout the whole series, but I I think it's more uh, like this whole series. Uh, yeah, you, you got to catch them on a bad day. It's type of, the type of thing. If they if the lineups keep it up like this, if Chris Paul can't return to the series and Kawhi can't return to the series as well, it's more of okay, who can who can we catch on a bad day between these uh, two teams? So yeah. it literally Reggie Jackson, right? Him getting twenty four. The next game, he could probably get like eight points. You know, you know. Yeah, it's all a matter of how it, they how they play that game. Because you're right, Reggie exactly. Jackson would no, not normally score 24. Normally, that'd be reserved, like Batum would at least have scored 10 to 12. Man had, you know, man had a great few games. Uh, the last few against um, who they play? I'm losing my train of thought. Was it uh, Clippers? They went against the uh, Jazz. Yeah, the Jazz, and they took out Utah, who was, you know, if Donovan Mitchell had been healthier, they would have made it, but the Clippers took advantage of that, and Mm -hmm. I think in order for the Clippers to get back into that realm of we need to regroup, we need to get everyone involved, they need to do that for Game 2, otherwise if Game 3 happens and the Phoenix steals one away, it's going to be a four-game, five-game series. Mm -hmm. For sure. And so I saw this thing when like um, teams were up 3-0, they're like 142-0 and or something crazy like that. Yeah. Like, you know, obviously no team has came back from 3-0. Close to it was the Cavs in 2016 with the 3-1 that lead. That was 3-1 lead. Yeah. And that's never going to happen again. <laughs> of course. That was a crazy year, man. But, um, yeah, like I said, it's it, this series is going to be really interesting if, um, if it stays like this. And, you know, game two, just like expectations wise and everything, they just both have to, they they all have to play great. Or if one team's, uh, if one player's uh, lacks on the Clippers, then they, they might crumble at the end of the day. You know what I mean? And so the one person I was actually surprised who played good was honestly Boogie. I think Boogie, he only played 13 minutes and got 11 points. Like, that's not bad at all. You know what it's I mean? Not, but it's, he was he was he was the 11, only though. he was the only one on the bench to have at least double double figures. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but to be fair, he was minus eleven um, from the plus minus rating. But yeah. they did lose today, so I mean, if he, if he's minus like if he's if he's negative, it makes sense why because you know they the Clippers lose. Yeah. So so I mean, right now, if if Phoenix can take advantage, I think it's going to be I'm going to say Phoenix in five. If the Clippers do not adjust and Kawhi is not back by game three. Mm-hmm. Now, if I mean, Chris Paul is back by game two, then it's a clear, you know, Phoenix is going to win. But if mm-hmm. it takes another game for him to be under the health and safety protocol, it's it's going to be close. That next yeah. game is going to be close. Mm-hmm, but for sure. I still got Phoenix in five or six. I don't have the mm-hmm. Clippers winning out because... I, I I hate the fact that Clippers fans are coming out of the woodwork saying we run LA. No, you don't. Talk to us when you win multiple titles and don't come into the Staples Center to take our house. They can go back to, you know, Anaheim where they used to be and have that stadium back. 
Dude, they don't, I, they don't I, need to take a, take the Staples Center from us. I was about to say, honestly, I I would love to see the Clippers go to San Diego. I'm not like, I I don't live in San Diego. I, I'm in Sacramento. But I was about to say, if uh, Clippers could move to San Diego, I think that's like another uh, fan base that they can have and all that, and it'll be good for like business. I feel like personally, yeah, I feel like they just need to have their own home instead of taking ours. Mm-hmm. No facts for sure. Then, all right, so. We're approaching the finals. We're get we're watching how these finals go out. Who do you all think was the worst team to ever make the NBA finals? Like they just they look like they didn't belong, but then somehow they made it. What do you think? This is a good question, actually. I could go okay for circumstance wise, maybe the 2019 Raptors, just because like there's a lot of injuries Ooh, in the yeah. like on the Warriors team. Mm-hmm. If we're going just based off of roster, the 2018 Cavs, because if really? you really, think of, I, I'm That's well, yeah, interesting. because okay, look, LeBron's great and all at the end of the day, mm. but that starting five was like I, I'm knowing, I, I even know this just because I'm a Cavs fan, right? At the end of the day, and just looking at that team, that team was not good at all. We had a lot of issues that year with it coming in and Jay Crowder. There's a lot of locker room issues. Kevin Love, this is when, like, Kevin Love was starting to become, like, like on the decline. And, yeah. And who else is on that team? George Hill was there. He's okay. JR, when he, he's not really in his prime anymore. Uh, Jeff Green was on that team. He wasn't that bad. Uh, that was, like, one of the positives. I kind of like Jeff Green. We had Chetty, at some games, we had Chetty Osmond. He was a rookie. He was starting for our team. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so... Just overall, if you look at that, yeah, that wasn't a good team at all. We were the fourth seed. We were the fourth seed, and we made the finals. Like, for us making the finals is crazy. But, yeah, no, that team was not good. I think that might be one of the worst. So, I had two that can qualify as the worst. I'm going to go with the – the, and this is kind of – it was a toss-up. But in Mm -hmm. second place, I had the 06-07 Cavs. And here's why. Because you look at that roster, only LeBron James stands out in that roster. You had Shannon Brown, Daniel Gibson, Drew Gooden, Larry Hughes, Zidronis Ilgauskas, Anderson Verizhao, Damon Jones, Dwayne Jones. LeBron James is the only spotlight to that roster. And they Mm -hmm. get swept by the Spurs in the finals. LeBron mm-hmm. James' first final appearance, they get swept. Now, the number one, in my opinion, that, that was a great – they finished, They had a 50-32 and 32 record. They finished second in the their division. Mike Brown was the coach. But I think that was just not a good overall team that I felt belonged in the finals. Now, yeah, that's not a good team. Mm-hmm. Another one that I felt like didn't make – didn't that made it, but I don't know how they made it, is the 2000-2001 76ers squad. The only spotlight on that team was Allen Iverson, and you had a very um, seasoned Tony Kukoc and a very, he should have retired a long time ago, Dikembe Mutombo. Other than that, you had Rajah Bell, Rodney Buford, Matt Geiger, Tyrone Hill, and um, the only spotlight, other than the fact that the Sixers won one game, was Allen Iverson's step over over Tyron Lue. That's the only thing that people remember from that series is the step over and the fact that the Lakers went 15-1 and one during the playoffs. And oh, my goodness. Yeah. I think 
the 76ers winning one game, you know, like prevented the Lakers from going perfect. And I feel like that meant something to them, but that was not the team that I felt like had any chance at all against you had a prime, you had a coat, you had Kobe, you had Shaq, you had Derek Fisher, you had Rick Fox. So you had guys on that team that were ready to win a title. They were thirsty for a title. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's still a toss-up between those two teams because each one had one superstar and then a bunch of guys who kind of just did their own thing. For sure, yeah. It, I, it, oh, keep going. Sorry, I didn't mean no, to cut you and off. It's just, and, it's just, and it just stinks that Allen Iverson never won a title and he did so much for Philly. He did so much for Denver. He did so much for a lot of teams, but couldn't get the ring. And at the end of the day, he belongs in the Hall of Fame. It just stinks that he couldn't win the ring for any team that he was on. And he had some great teams that were that just couldn't get over the hump. Um, but other than that, I think, my opinion, 06-07 Cavs and the 2000-2001 Sixers were by far not the greatest teams to make the finals so yeah i i can't i can't comment too much on the 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 lakers Sixers series i wasn't born yeah during that time the 0607 i was three but i did watch i remember i remember the spurs sweeping them and like Cavs not having the best roster i don't i don't disagree with you with those points i'll be honest but i i don't know man it's the the 2018 Cavs were that roster too was just was just terrible. I mean, well. that roster you had, you had Kyrie, you had LeBron, you had Kevin Love, who was kind of, you know, well, Ky- was, Kyrie, Kyrie wasn't. Kyrie went to the Celtics. Oh, no. that he, year. he had already gone. So I think, yeah. I think, um, just Kevin Love could not, could not be a leader that LeBron wanted. He he wasn't shooting well, and it, it just wasn't great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now he now he's like one of the worst contracts and like in the NBA right now <laughs> so yeah no so much from Kevin Love but yeah yeah but all right we're gonna take a quick commercial break when we come back we have a giant list here of the coaching carousel that's been going on in the NBA with so many different teams parting ways or firing their head coaches and a lot of interesting names here that would be great for head coaching spots and another kind of opinionated question at the end So stay tuned for more. And we're back to Hoot Jack podcast series. So right before we left, I talked before the commercial break. I talked to you all about we're going to go through the coaching carousel. What is that exactly? Well, I'm going to let you know. So recently we've had a lot. and I mean, a lot of teams parting ways, firing their coaches, retiring coaches. We have the Pelicans, Stan Van Gundy's out. Wizards, Scott Brooks is out. We have the Boston Celtics. We have the Trailblazers. We have the Orlando Magic, the Indiana Pacers, and the Dallas Mavericks recently, where Rick Carlisle had parted ways due to team frustration and uh, Doncic having some problems with Rick Carlisle. So, of all the teams, we have, in my opinion, I think for the Pelicans, I think 
Jason Kidd would be good for the young core. I think with the Wizards, we could go to. Um, let me see. We have. I could see Mike Brown taking his talents there. With the Orlando Magic, there have been talks of uh, Penny Hardaway wanting to coach at Orlando. That's interesting. But I have really also, and I've also heard that Becky Hammond, the assistant for the Spurs, has strong chance of landing a head coaching job with Orlando, one of the other teams that are available. So, in my opinion, I think. Becky Hammond deserves a head coaching job. It just depends on where kind of the trust is. For sure. She has a great um, recommendation, obviously, from the greatest coach in NBA history, Greg Popovich. One of the greatest coaches in NBA history, Greg Popovich. And I think she could land anywhere. I think Penny Hardaway would be a good choice for Orlando with his you know time that he spent there. I think Chauncey Billups could just also he could try to take over the Trailblazers with mm-hmm. a Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum guard spot. But I also think he could move west to Dallas if he him, the owner, and uh what's his name? Uh I can't think of his name right now, but um if he ha- builds a good rep with them. And I think mm-hmm. just a lot of coaches in general, I feel like it's going to be tough to, in my opinion, I feel like once you got get fired from a coaching job, it's really hard as a head coach who was just somewhere to be able to get something else because if it obviously didn't work there, what? how is it going to work elsewhere? You know what I mean? For sure. Like that's tough because I'm not saying Terry Stotts wasn't a great coach. I just think... He probably, out of all the coaches here, him and uh, maybe Rick Carlisle could find another job. But guys like Steve Clifford, Nate Bjorkren, Scott Brooks, well, Scott Brooks maybe, but and Stan Van Gundy, those guys are going to be having a tough time finding another job in as a head coach just because you know they haven't had a lot of success. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's tough. It is tough out there to. Um, but what do you think? I want to. Okay, so I want to say I want to uh, give one mention to the Pelicans. I think you know, look, that team is young uh, with Lonzo, Zion, Brandon Ingram. You know the whole roster. Yeah. A t- um, a perfect coach to build that development, and all. Um, personally, would be Kenny Atkinson. Kenny Atkinson in back in 2018-2019 when the Brooklyn Nets made the sixth seed. It was a shocker. No one thought the Brooklyn Nets were going to be that good because they traded with Brooke Lopez or D'Angelo Russell. Yeah. And so I see I see Kenny Atkinson, you know, just trying to trying to how do I say? Like he's really good at uh, getting young teams and making them to the playoffs, you know what I mean? So I feel like Kenny Atkinson would be a good fit for the Pelicans. Uh, Dave Yeager too. Uh, he's kind of. Well, I might. Oh, I might be knowing him. Um, I might kind of know him just because I. I live around uh, Sacramento and a lot of Kings fans kind of like Yeager until they fired him and they got Luke Walton. And so, uh, Yeager's not a bad coach at all. 
Uh, he could land somewhere, but when it comes to like you were saying before with Rick Carlisle and uh, Terry Sots, them might getting head coaching jobs. I agree with that. It could be. I think Celtics lo- uh, could lo- low key get Rick Carlisle just because experience and all that. He has um, championship experience at the end of the day, and I think the Celtics are trying to contend. And so I can, un- I can understand that, but the Celtics had a lot of success with Brad Stevens. He was young. And mm-hmm. the youth did help the experience that he had. That's why I could see guys like Chauncey Billups, Penny Hardaway, some even Jason Kidd. But Jason Kidd's kind of a stretch for the Celtics job. But someone young, like young, who can understand how the players can play, would be a great fit mm-hmm. for that. Yeah, I, I could see. I, I I could definitely understand you about the whole like um, young younger coaches or coaches that haven't gotten the job yet. But you also have to think too, right? If let's say the GM uh, gets another coach, right, to go and coach a team, and the coach doesn't do so well, it might go. It might lead back to the GM. Um, it might lead back to the GM and costing his own job at the end of the day. So I feel like you just need. If I'm the GM and I'm trying to make a, and I'm not trying to cost my job at all, you're trying to make the most safe decision out there, right? So, personally, if I'm Brad Stevens and not trying to cost my job, I'd just go Carlisle. Out of all, out of everyone just here, Carlisle has the most experience. Yeah, exactly. And so he has he has championship experience. He's won a chip before back in 2011, and he can definitely um, bring something to the table to the youth at the end of the day. And so I think another uh, another like dark horse type of coach besides Kenny Atkinson mentioned, uh, what is it? Uh, Steve Clifford's actually not bad. I, I, if you guys remember the uh, previous coach before Steve Clifford for the Magic, they didn't make the playoffs that much. And then the minute they got Steve Clifford, they were the like seven. That's all this year, obviously, because they traded Pukovic and Gordon and all. But the last two years, they uh, at least made the playoffs, like eight and seven seed. So yeah. I mean, he he's not a bad coach, but he's not like the brightest out of everyone no. in the coaching market. But it's market. tough with Orlando, and it's kind of just the people that they get. And it another thing too is that I think with Orlando, a lot of these places that are looking for coaches, they're not high profile places. The only one that see that would be you know high profile would be Boston it could be Dallas New Orleans is tough Portland's really tough because they have the team but the location wise and the popularity it's just tough Indiana I'm surprised because that's the home of basketball it's the Hoosier State Orlando Magic Kingdom that's still tough you're getting they're looking at coaches and I think coaches are also looking at how can we find a coach who would be appealing to an all-star type of player. Because mm-hmm. that was the thing with... Um, and it, some some of it, I don't think the Lakers had. And it, it it's... Some of it was appealing. More of it was appealing because LeBron was there. And you got Phoenix. But Monty Williams, he did one great job coaching. He didn't have to go sure. out and get it. They they brought him in like you got Devin Booker, you got DeAndre Ayton, you got Chris Paul. When they got Chris Paul, I think that was the eye opener that Monty Williams had. But I think it's the places that they go that it's still the pot the, the sense of are we gonna land the coach along with the player that we want? Mm-hmm. I think that comes with it. 
Yeah, I personally, Orlando, have the toughest time with it just because they're in the rebuilding stage. They literally cleaned house and got um, Vukovic for two firsts, got uh, Aaron Gordon for a first, and one other player for, I think, oh, Fournier for two seconds. You know what I mean? So, it, we'll, we'll see what happens. It's going to, I think it's going to be very interesting. And I do see a lot of market. A, a lot of teams stockpiling picks, making trades, stockpiling picks mm-hmm. for future future players. And in my opinion, stockpiling p- picks is great if you're either going to use them or you're going to trade them for players. Because stockpiling picks would be good is is not no good if you're not going to get the, the talent that you need. Personally, I'll, I'll be honest because I've seen. Uh, on paper, it looks like, oh my goodness, with the Thunder. Oh my goodness, 17 first-round picks, 17 second-round picks. That looks amazing, right? Until if Until, you... Yeah, like, you know what I mean? It, it, yeah. With Sam Presti, he's not going to draft all 17 of those players. Let, let's be honest. No. And so... And let's, think about and, half of and them think about chance. trade. And, and think about chance as well. The chance of uh, of you getting an, like, like an all-star out of the draft or someone who's going to be really good is kind of low compared... You know, if you compare the whole draft, it's kind of unlikely to get a very good player. So, for for Sam Presti, right? For stockpiling picks and not what no one's talking about. I always like talking about stuff that no one's really talking about. Stan, oh shoot, sorry, I just I, I kind of just blanked out for a sec. Sam yeah. Presti, he it, it, it's 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 a very low chance for all seventeen picks to plan out really well. So. It, he might have to just keep uh, picking players until he finds that one to be really good with Shea Gilders, then trade all those picks to... I think I think the other thing stuff. is with teams stockpiling picks, and we're kind of moving away from the coaching carousel, but this kind of goes into the coaching aspect is owners and coaches are looking at who's out there in college, but if you got good scouts, kids nowadays aren't trying to go to college. They want to go to the mm-hmm. G League. They want to go overseas. Well, my opinion, use the picks, but find guys in the G League who are, you know, playing really well. Find guys in the overseas who are doing well. Because at the end of the day, the college kids, they're going to be, they're not going to want to go to college because of the whole Zion thing. That's of everything that happened to Zion, what happened to Kyrie. They get injured in their first year or they're not taking classes during their first year. They're kind of just there. Wait, playing basketball waiting to get drafted and then you don't have any and then you know eventually you just want to find guys who you want to give that chance to so I think GMs and coaches need to I'm not saying totally look away from college but I'm saying to do about half and half look at, look at the college kids but also look at the G League look at the overseas guys that can come over here and get you some quality points and quality stat like stats and minutes because at the end of the day that's all you need you need guys that can not only you think can be a superstar but you need guys that can mesh with each other see that's what's wrong with it is that no one you're relying entirely on the superstar and the superstars are not pushing the like the guys who are role players mm-hmm. they're not yeah. pushing them they're they're kind of just you know they're angry with them and that's and that's when they say if if you guys can't get better i'm gonna leave but that's not the point it, jordan did not just get angry with them but he pushed them that's mm-hmm. when they got better he didn't just leave. He he wanted them to get better because he knew the potential that they had. If you don't push that person to their potential, they're not going to want to try. They're not going to want to care. 
for sure also i think one other example uh, that was kind of big about this whole college thing was about james wiseman when he only played like oh, yeah. three games and then like uh i forgot what exactly happened with it but it was something... an ncaa violation and the whole yeah. ncaa is kind of you know doing their own thing and uh listeners out there there are uh previous episodes that we do go in these topics so make sure that you check it out on spotify and apple podcasts mm-hmm. um, yeah but we're gonna kind of segue we did get into the coaching carousel then we kind of yeah. talked about all of that um last question of the day and this is more of opinionated if you're in a if you're a movie buff this is for you what is the greatest basketball movie of all time and I'll Ooh. give you some I'll give you some names. I'll give you I'll give you a few. I'll give you Uncle Drew, which was decent. Semi Pro, which was really funny with Will Ferrell. You got Coach Carter. You got Glory Road. You got Like Mike. You got Above the Rim, which was I think very underrated for a really good movie. You got He Got Game with uh Jesus Shuttlesworth, who was Ray Allen, and uh, Denzel. You got Space Jam game. Now, Space Jam 2 is coming out, and I'm kind of indifferent about it because, you know, I don't think it's going to be the quality and, like, the hilarity that... I mean, just just the way that it was with Space Jam, the original one. But what do you think? What do you think was the greatest basketball movie of all time? All right, I uh, back to your Space Jam. I've I only seen a little bit of Space Jam one. I haven't seen all of it, which I should. Honestly, I, I heard it's the biggest classic. But the when you when you mentioned the greatest basketball movie of all time, the first I think the first movie that popped up to mind was Coach Carter. Uh, I watched it younger with my dad. Ironically, it's Father's Day, right? So I watched it with my dad, right? Mm-hmm. And I, it kind of taught me like a lesson, you know what I mean? About like when I was younger and all that. And so I always. Uh, well, it also it, it taught you that you you can take advantage of a situation that you have, or you, or you know, it's the streets will kind of get you, because mm-hmm. those kids all they had was basketball, and they've been told all their lives is basketball. But Coach Carter comes in and realized that they can be good students while being great basketball players, mm-hmm. and I think For it's sure. the mindset that you know that's what we need not as a coach but as a teacher you want kids to be both and i think still kind of nowadays but still i think it's still kind of nowadays you're getting more the athlete than you are the student athlete and you know we're dealing with that well, I personally, liked, oh keep going sorry no, you, go ahead. no go ahead i i wanted to hear what you had to say i was about to say i think personally it's gotten a lot better there's been a lot of basketball players like who've gone to the nba that have gotten a good gpa and all that like jalen brown Jalen Brown, I think, had like a 4.0 win to Berkeley yeah. and still balled out. Uh, JaVale McGee, surprisingly, had like a 3.5 throughout his uh, whole high school career. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, and Kobe. Kobe, like, Kobe could speak like, I'm pretty sure, like three or four different languages, if I was not wrong. Well, yeah, yeah. he grew up in Italy. He taught himself, you know, different language. He even, um, during the Olympics, he learned how to trash talk in a different language so that, um, he could just talk trash to other players, whatever country they were playing. I mean, I agree, but it's the athletes who, you know, want to make that, you know, dedication, who mm-hmm. want to pursue that. And I think that's why Coach Carter is a great movie. 
Glory sure. Road was a great movie as well because even though it was like more NCAA, it brought more, you know, kids had to deal with, you know, segre- like discrimination and, you know, segregation and everything still. And I think, you know, during the times of today, we still have people who are treating it like that. And, you know, I want people to make it like make a difference into, you know, we we're always taught treating you treat each other by the don't treat your uh martin luther king said do not treat me by the color of my skin but by the judgment of my character and Mm -hmm. i don't think we're still getting that because we're still a lot of people these days are still treating people by the color of their skin but not by the judgment of their character and i think Mm -hmm. we need to go back to that because you know that's what we come to and i don't and i don't like getting political in here but i think it just needs to be said for a movie that was like that that still kind of resembles some of the things that are happening today i (laughs) think you know that's why it's still and the same thing with coach carter it resonates still to this day that you know certain events that are happening that are still relevant and that's why I think, like, you have Coach Carter, and then I have Glory Road. And then we have other ones, like Above the Rim, which was really good. Uh, like Mike was just funny. Space Jam was funny. Uh, more Than a Game was, you know, LeBron James and his high school team. Yeah. And it, it was basically like a documentary more than a movie, but it was still really good. And he, how he worked so hard to just get out of that. He, he didn't want to be along the – he didn't want to belong to the streets – he wanted to make a name for himself and him and yeah. his whole team did they they got they did not end up where they should have been they ended up where they wanted to be mm-hmm. yeah and i think that was really good for them mm-hmm. uh one other movie that like kind of it's kind of like what we were talking about with coach carter and the one you were just talking about i forgot what you mentioned glory road glory the road um this isn't fo- uh this isn't basketball it's football but it's very similar have you ever watched remember the titans yeah, great movie, classic. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's kind of like that. It's it's kind of like in that category as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so yeah, it's just it's kind of like an inspirational um, type of thing, type of a movie. So basically, going with the fourth question, I think that's more as as well as my mindful moment. I think we need to get to a point where we need to be treating each other the way that we will want to be treated versus how we should treat people by who who they are, and they don't we don't know who they are, but until we get to know. Them. So mm-hmm. I think that's more of the my mindful moment is treat others the way you want to be treated, not, uh, you know, because if they treat you one way, you can't treat them a different way. You need to treat them the same way that they're treating you or you're treating them and don't expect anything less because it's the same thing in life. If I got treated a certain way, I'm going to treat you that same way and don't get mad at me if I'm treating you that way. Mm-hmm, yeah. because it's it's what goes around comes around mm-hmm, for sure i i agree with that i i definitely use that into like my actual like like just to, uh, how i treat people you know if you're gonna treat me very nice i will treat you n- nice as well if you're gonna be really mean to me i'm gonna be really mean to you and not a lot of people are really mean to me so thank 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 you for the people who have not been mean to me obviously so <laughs> uh, I want to mention one mindful moment too um and it's about like working hard i think like hard work definitely pays off you know mm-hmm. and so if you know you don't want there's obviously going to be times where you want to give up i've been through it with the podcast thing and so um 
at, at that point, you know, just kind of like um, take yourself back a little bit and then come back stronger and better. You know what I mean? And yeah, I think as long as you just keep putting in work on it every single day, eventually good things will happen because mm-hmm. um, I did this for my special episode um, and you guys can go listen to it. It's after episode two and before episode three. I dedicated as to my grandfather who uh, passed away uh, in December, close to Christmas time. Sorry to hear he, about that, by the way. Yeah, and he he all he and I would always talk about sports, and I think the, one of the main reasons I wanted to create this podcast is so that every week or every couple of days I can just talk to somebody about sports because. I know that's what me and him did every Sunday, and I feel like I'm giving back to the to the world and to the community of sports. What me and him did was just talk stats, talk and debate, and you know, be like you know Stephen A. and uh, Max Kellerman, or even you know Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless. Just talk back and forth about sports, and you know, have a great debate. And I think that's the whole point of why we all do these podcasts is so that we can debate with one another because other people are going to have their opinions, but we're in the world of sports and we all enjoy talking about basketball, football, baseball, anything. And I think that is great for the people who need it. And I also think it's great for the mental health of people, mental health for people who just need that in their lives to whether you're listening, whether you're talking, I think it's great. I think it can help people with, you know, if you just talk to somebody, they'll they'll appreciate it. You don't even have to say anything. You just listen to them and they will appreciate it more than you could ever imagine. So, again, I would say for the last closing art, closing part, um, talk to just talk to people. If even if you don't know them, just have a conversation, conversation with them, because chances are they could be going through a tough time and you just listening to them could brighten up their day and you just making them know that they matter mm-hmm. will mean so much to them so just go out there and uh take the time to make sure everyone is okay no for sure i think there's a lot of stuff like 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 the reason why i did my podcast obviously and this was kind of during the pandemic um there's a lot of stuff that's happening in the world right and my goal at the end of the day and, and i hope this goes to one person who listens to uh, my podcast or even yours right for your listeners uh is to like it, it's just to kind of get away from it at the end of the day i think there's so much that we get caught up in in the real world where we need to take a break and be like oh look paul george dropped 34 points what is this against the suns right or devin booker with this 40 point triple double and at the end of the day I, like me me talking about it in me talking about like just sports in general i i always wish that uh, it, it always uh, makes someone's day you know what I mean that oh my goodness yeah. you know we're like like for me and this is all this is to me too like in this like sports and talking about sports and all that is my getaway time like uh, like people a lot of people like ask me it's like oh you, you make your like podcast a job I'm like it's not a job at the end of the day I love talking about it and it's honestly just my getaway time I always like like sometimes I'll be stressed about like a project at school that Oh, if I talk about sports for just an hour real quick, it can get away from me. And like it, it's yeah, for some people, it doesn't even have to be watching sports. It could be your own hobby, like you know, reading books, um, playing video games. See, that's also one of my other ways to deal with stuff. And 
um like playing sports as well is also a big factor so it's yeah at the end of the day it's it's a good thing you know what, what you just said because i i try i try resembling that to make sure that you get your time like you try you don't focus too much on what's happening in the real world and kind of stay away from it um just so you can you know like uh re- refocus and all that kind of stuff if that makes sense uh, uh yeah i'm not saying does. i'm not saying that the, what's happening in the real world world is important but sometimes you kind of have to uh get away from it just because like it something stressful or something something could really like bad happen to you you know what i mean at the end of the day and yeah. you kind of want to just stay away from it for a sec or maybe just do something that you honestly enjoy doing so yeah mm-hmm. well that's gonna conclude today's up ep- uh today's episode of hoop jack i want to thank uh creator of jay sports takes jay preet uberoy for joining us today thank you so no much problem. man for being a no part problem. of the show i really appreciate it um make sure if you want to be a part of the podcast make sure to directly message our instagram page at underscore hoopjack underscore for future episodes and as well we have giveaways coming up in the near future for merch so if you would like to be a part of the giveaways let me know and as well as if you would like to buy some merch in the near future we will have merch available t-shirts sweatshirts hats coming in in probably the next month or two once you know message word gets out about us and everything like that um and i want to thank everyone for listening and being a part of the show and remember don't be a bystander be a hooper and keep balling peace